Welcome to another Astros podcast. And greetings from Fit Team Ballpark of the Palm Beaches, West Palm Beach, Florida, where today the Houston Astros take on the St. Louis Cardinals in Grapefruit League action. Yesterday, the Astros lost to the Marlins 12-6 here in West Palm Beach. Alex Bregman had a two-run home run. And Brandon Belak, two scoreless innings with two strikeouts out of the bullpen as the Astros are now 9-10-2 on the spring. It's time for today's pitching matchup brought to you by Houston Methodist, the official health care provider for the Houston Astros, Houston Methodist Leading Medicine. Please be joined the next few days by Mike Coffin, the radio voice for the Astros AA affiliate, the Corpus Christi Hooks. And, Mike, it's Forrest Whitley on the mound for the Astros today, a guy you got to see uh, at Corpus Christi this past year. Yeah, lights out stuff. Uh, one of the uh, actually the top pitching prospect in the game of baseball, and he's making his uh, fourth a spring appearance, his first uh, spring start, so it should be fun. It certainly should be fun. And meanwhile, Daniel Ponce de Leon is going for the St. Louis Cardinals, made his big league debut last year, coming back after a horrific accident in 2017. Yeah, and looking to get back to uh, his normalcy, I guess, on the mound. And uh, certainly last year, a big part of that with the uh, the 11 appearances over four different cents in the big leagues. Pitched well, held the opponents to just a 200 batting average, and he's still officially in the mix for that fifth spot in the Cardinals rotation. Case of the game brought to you by Honda. Visit your local Greater Houston Honda dealers for great deals on all models. Official sponsor of the Houston Astros. And, Mike, good news today when you look at the lineup and see Jose Altuve's name in it. As Altuve, he was dealing with some left side soreness. This is going to be his first game since the sixth. And all smiles in the clubhouse today as he's looking to get back in action. A couple of scratches since this hiatus. Uh, you know he's glad to be back in there, and this is kind of the, the right time of spring to get him calibrated, ready to go for the, the 2019 season. Up next, we'll hear from left-hander Kent Emanuel in camp with the Astros, but now this from your local station. What's even easier than hitting a home run into the Crawford boxes? Deep to left field, and you can kiss that goodbye into the Landry's Crawford boxes. How about cracking open a delicious Crawford Bach? Carbox Crawford Bach pairs perfectly with peanuts, stadium dogs, and a good seventh-inning stretch. Plus, a portion of the proceeds from each beer goes to the Astros Foundation to support community initiatives. So root, root, root for the Astros with a cold Crawford Bach this season. Welcome back. Robert Ford joined by Ken Emanuel, left-hander in camp for the uh, first time with the Astros. And so far, how has your experience been? Of course, you, you know, you've been in big league games before in spring training, but it's different when, as you said to me before we got on the air, you have you have your own locker in the big league clubhouse. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's nice, um, especially, you know, I think the practices are most important because, like you said, you get called over for the games, but you don't get to do the practice with the team. So that's been really nice in the mornings, getting that work in. Now, last year you were at AAA Fresno, and you began the year in the rotation, wound up moving to the bullpen, we were there for a good chunk of the year, then, then moved back to the rotation. What was the conversation like initially when you got approached about moving to the bullpen? Because you, you were pitching pretty well first month of the season in the rotation. Right. Um, I think it was one of those things where they saw if there was a need in the big leagues, it would be out of the bullpen. So they wanted me to move there to kind of just get my feet wet there. And obviously... Unfortunately, it didn't work out, didn't get called up last year, but I think that was the reason behind it at first, and then we just kind of played it from here uh, from that point forward. What was that adjustment like for you? Because I know for any pitcher, whenever you go from one to the other, especially when you've been starting you know, pretty much your whole life, what, what was that adjustment like for you? It was tough because it's a lot more managing. Um, when you're in the rotation, it's, it's easy from a planning perspective because you mm -hmm. get to go into it every day knowing exactly what you what you can do, what you need to do, um, because you know exactly when you're going to pitch again. Now the bullpen's a little different because uh, there's that question mark of 
am I getting in the game, you know, this, that, and the other. So there's a lot more managing that goes on, which is certainly something that uh, starters have to adjust to when they make the move. Do you find, you know, you mentioned the, the management, do you find you think try to think along more with the manager when, when you're out of the bullpen just to kind of figure out when you're, you're going to get in the games? Uh, I try not. I've learned that you can't do that. I, yeah. I started playing that game when I first when I first made the switch. I found out that's not the way to go about it. You do, you got to just kind of roll with the punches. You got to work backwards, so to speak. You you get in the game, then it's like okay, now I know I can do this or that um, because I won't have a long outing the next day, stuff like that. So it's something that I, I had to learn for sure. Do you feel like? I mean, obviously. Now you've done both. Do you feel that just makes you more valuable, and certainly just makes things a little easier for you moving forward? Whatever role you get, if you know when you get to the big leagues, hopefully you, you can kind of adjust. Yeah, I hope so. Um, you know, I, I always tell people I'm worried about getting up there first, and then worry about the role later. So whatever it takes for me to get up there, I, I'm down to do it. Yeah. Now you played at University of North Carolina, and the Longhorns fans listening may not want to hear this, but your freshman year. You threw a three-hit shutout against Texas in the College World Series. And I know, like, you never want to peak early, that sort of thing, but was that the best game you pitched in college? I mean, you were the ACC Pitcher of the Year as a junior, but was that the best game you pitched in college? Um, I would say no. Uh, my best game, oh, man, I don't know. It would depend how you would define best game, I think. Mm-hmm. I think I had some I had some really fun ones. One that sticks out to me was my opening day junior, mm-hmm. uh, junior year. I only had, I think, 85 pitches to work with, and I joked to our coach, I said, like, I'm going to throw a CG with only 85, and I think I, I think I threw 86, and I got it done. Wow. So, um, yeah, it just depends how, how you define best game. I had some really fun ones. Um, the the Longhorns one, I think it was obviously a very special one, but there's a handful of them. Was that game almost like your, your coming out party? I mean, maybe you knew you had this ability, but was it like kind of the first time that, I mean, on that type of stage where the coaching staff and everybody really gets to see not only can you are you a good pitcher, but you can pitch well in, in big games? Yeah, I think so from a, uh, on the national stage for sure. I think in the, in the locker room by that point, I think I had established myself and mm-hmm. maybe even in the conference, but uh, nationwide certainly that tournament run. I think was, like you said, kind of my coming out party. Ken Emanuel, thanks so much for joining us. Hope to see you in the big leagues real soon. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, Astros fans, single game tickets are on sale now. Catch all the excitement happening at Minute Maid Park this season as the Astros look to take it back. All single game tickets are available at astros.com slash tickets or by calling 1-877-9-ASTROS. Marlins with a 6-4 lead over the Astros. Bottom of the fifth inning. Pleased to be joined by Allison Footer, MLB.com, covering... The Astros for a few days, second stint here in West Palm Beach covering the Astros this spring. And Colin McHugh uh, certainly had a, a bit of a rough time, particularly in that second inning, Allison, giving up five runs, wound up getting charged with six runs in, in two and two-thirds innings. What, what did Colin have to say afterwards? Well, he tried to take some positives out of it, is that he got up and down three times, and he got a little bit of work in, but no, yeah. he was not happy with this, and uh, quite frankly, he said, I don't want to be knocked around all over the field, and, and he only threw 50-some pitches, and all you know the other starters are pretty much up into the 70s, so um, you know, he, has, he said, I know my spring training ERA, and it's really bad, so it's never uh, been great for me in my history, but at the same time, at this point in spring training, we probably want to be seeing a little bit more from the starting pitchers, and uh, he just didn't have it today. First pitch from Romo misses low to Bregman. Here's the 1-0. 
Bregman takes a strike on the outside corner, had a home run earlier. Was he able to pinpoint anything that he felt was off, especially in the second inning? Uh, not really. I mean, I basically said it was it a particular pitch that wasn't working, and he was really more just Location. speaking in general terms of command. Um, you know, the other night when, when Justin Verlander pitched and he said he felt out of sync, it was his slider. And then when Garrett Cole gave up a home run yesterday, it was uh, just you know throwing a changeup to see what happens. Um, so this, I think, is I feel like this was a little bit of a different situation. It's not like an isolated, uh, this didn't work. You know, a lot of pitchers, as you know, they come to spring training and they have, uh, you know, they work on things, quote unquote. Um, but this, I, I think, was a different situation. And, and you know, he's going to have to show something more, I think, in his next outing. 1-2, just off the plate away. Bregman, such a good eye. It's a 2-2 two -two count. Well, not in jeopardy of not being in the starting rotation, but you want to mm -hmm. go into a season much more confident than those types of outings would indicate. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're talking about having – you have you know Verlander and Cole at the top of the rotation, then that's great, but you're going to need other – uh, starting pitchers to absorb a lot of innings. Um, and I know that in you know today's day and age, of course, the bullpens absorb a lot of that. Mm -hmm. But I, yeah, the, the bullpen also, you know, you can't overtax them. And I don't think that this is a bulletproof bullpen. So there's a lot of things that are going to have to, uh, you know, come into into play here. And, of course, I, I mean, I think that Brad Peacock is probably going to win that fifth starter spot. He's going to also have to step up and, you know, have a good season. So a lot of things are going to have to go right with this pitching staff. Three twos lifted down the right field line. Foul by Bregman and it's still a, a full count and you mentioned Brad Peacock battling with Framber Valdez for that that fifth starter spot and there's no question Peacock has outpitched Valdez and if Valdez wins the fifth starter job it's pretty safe bet Peacock's going to be in the bullpen but certainly doesn't seem like if it's the reverse that the, the that Framber would be in the pen exactly it sounded like AJ Hinch today sounded like if he doesn't uh, you know make the rotation there's particular reasons why and those things would be magnified in a bullpen roll. So it sounds like it's going to be the rotation or nothing for him. 3-2 hit hard on the ground, but right at the third baseman, Rojas, who throws out Bregman, and Alex is the first out of the bottom of the fifth. One thing that I was wondering with McHugh, and sometimes the, the scoreboard radar readings are a little off, but it looked like his velocity was down, particularly from where he was out of the bullpen last year. He say anything about dead arm or anything like that no he didn't really mention any kind of anything that has to do with arm strength but that is something that we do need to remember right that he wasn't in the rotation mm -hmm. uh last year so this is coming back from a, a lot of time spent in the bullpen of course it's a totally different preparation when you are pitching out of the bullpen you need to come to the ballpark every day knowing that there's a chance that you might pitch uh, but certainly building innings building arm strength i mean building a lot of things that's what spring training is for um, if the velocity is down i don't know sparky if that's like something that we should be you know concerned about right now or if that's just part of the process of spring training for a guy like Holland to get ready oh one to Correa misses low for a ball Correa one for two with an RBI double and this tends to be that point in spring training where you start to hear pitchers maybe talk about that dead arm right mm -hmm. tends to be around this time yeah absolutely um I guess we are kind of spoiled with the Astros. The team's been so good. The rotation's been so good. You don't see a lot. I mean, there's really so many things that go on at spring training camps elsewhere. That's just not happening in, in the Astros camp, including uh, position battles. <laughs> you know, just, right. I mean, everybody seems to be getting healthy. Altuve's going to be playing tomorrow. Uh, you know, AJ gave us a big rundown of everybody who's actually getting back into games, Josh James. Um, and so things are, are starting to come together a little bit. And so you forget that there are, you know, there is a process to this whole six-week period. And it's all designed for pitchers. I mean, spring training is, is for the pitchers. It's too long for everybody else. But it is perfectly designed for starting pitchers. Yeah, and there's still plenty of time for McHugh to rectify some of the things he might be working on. 
Um, and I want to point out, too, that there's a lot of inconsistencies between these ballparks with the radar readings. So we may be looking into that a little too deeply. I think the bullpen or the scoreboard is fast at Port St. Lucie, and I think it's actually slow here. Yeah, you know what? Um, just in general, spring training. Look, there are nicer facilities now. I mean, everything has been upgraded, but mm -hmm. I still always maybe it's the old old school person in me, but I still when I hear like radar guns at a spring training facility, I kind of. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I shut down a little bit because I'm just not exactly sure. Right. Yeah, the what accuracy does it even of anything. Mean? What does it mean anyway? Right. Three and two now to Correa. Romo, the leg kick and the pitch, and Correa takes it low for ball four. That's the third walk issued by Marlins pitchers today. Allison, have you gotten a chance to talk to Correa? You know, I talked to him my first uh, time here, and kind of when he was getting all revved up, uh, he has looked so good and so strong. Right. Um, and I don't think that he had any particular worries about, um, you know, if there's going to be any lingering issues from his lower back problems. He had to have. He's coming out of the game now. Uh, but Jack Mayfield will pinch run. So Mayfield takes over at first base. Correa gets a nice hand as he jogs back to the third base dugout. But a clear mind's certainly for Correa right now at this point. Absolutely. You know, at the beginning of the postseason last year, I remember writing a story about him about how it was going to be crucial for him to stay healthy in October for them to have a chance to win this thing again. Um, and we obviously we know what happened. But I could tell it was stressful for him. And he's still so young. And, and to me, a 24-year-old with a back problem is a red flag. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a six-month season, not six weeks, as it is in spring training. So we'll see how time goes on. But he does seem to have learned some things. Um, and they need to pace themselves during spring training, and that's hard for a young, talented player like Ray and some of these other guys, but I think that he learned a lot from that experience, knows what he has to do to prepare, knows that he's going to have to get some treatments and you know, kind of get going, and, uh, and you know, hopefully everything works out. And maybe quality over quantity, too, when it comes to the, the workload, the 1-0. That's in there for a strike with the breaking ball, 1-1. One one. So from your observation, for a young player to have lower back pain, at this stage of his career, you feel like that's a red flag for later problems in that with that area? I just think that's a really young age to have a back issue. I mean, whether you're talking about a professional athlete or just a normal person like the rest of us, back problems can be chronic. Um, it's not often that they just go away and never reappear. And for somebody not even 25 years old to have had that kind of issue, to me, is just something that's always been in the back of my mind. Like, you know, how is this going to, how is this going to go over the next several years? Because when healthy, of course, we know that he's, he could be a Hall of Fame player and certainly, you know, an all-star every year and, and one of the best hitters on this team. So, uh, you know, you just kind of have to keep your eye on it. But certainly... You're, you have to listen to the medical staff, the trainers, and uh, they know how to keep guys healthy. Look what they did in 2017 <laughs> postseason run. They kept these guys running on fumes. That medical staff, is uh, they deserve that ring. Let's put it that way. You know what? The, the thing to, to keep in mind, Robert, about that 2017 season is that their pitching staff was a wreck for about three months of that season, right? right. The 1-2. That's in the dirt, hops away from Wallach and hits the backstop a good 20 feet high down the second base on the wild pitch is Mayfield. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, the Astros didn't have a single pitcher in 2017 who threw 162 innings to qualify for the for the ERA title, but those guys were, were healthy and ready to go by the time October rolled around. And, hey, that's that's when it mattered, right? No, that's the only time that it really matters. But to play that extra month and the level of intensity that you play – if you played with that level of intensity during the regular season, 
mentally and physically, you'd be burnt out by like May 15th. Yeah. So it's just, it's just a different level. And I was really wondering, I mean, that's why there's that hangover effect to the next season. Um, it just takes, it just takes so much out of you. Um, Swing and a miss. Alvarez strikes out on an off speed pitch. That's the second strikeout for Romo and there are two outs in the inning. Well, they were so mindful not to get out of the, the gates late because everybody talked about that hangover last spring training. But I think the hangover came in the last two months of the season where they were had some nicks and bruises and, and some guys went down and they weren't fully healthy at the end. Yeah, it really is mind-boggling when you think about how many players spent significant time on the disabled list during the regular season last year. Major key players, and they set a record for wins, all-time wins. The depth on this team and in this organization is, you know, we're spoiled. Uh, we all need to remember that this is not normal. <laughs> White not drills happens. one deep to left field, and you can kiss that one goodbye. Over the grassy berm for Tyler White, a two-run home run, and we're tied at six. Can I say woo like I did last time? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that definitely gets a woo. That's one of the longer home runs we've seen hit here this year. Allison, that paints such a good picture. Just say woo. <laughs> woo. Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, A.J. Hinch is not – is not ready to, he says he's not prepared to really name a permanent DH. It's going to be kind of a, a floating situation. So maybe Tyler White heard AJ uh, talk about that this yeah. morning to the reporters and gave him something to think about. That ball might have gone through Jeff Luno's office window <laughs> as well as that ball Let's was Let's hope dead. so. <laughs> <laughs> so the base is empty now, two out. Astros tie it. And here's Robinson Chirinos, who hit the second of the Astros' three home runs. That was back in the fourth. Pitch on the way, and Chirinos rips it foul down a left field line into the seats. Well, for Tyler White, that trip around the diamond is sponsored by Daniels Jewelers, Allison. For every Astros home run, Daniels Jewelers gives listeners a free $50 gift card toward any fine jewelry purchase of $99 or more. Go to any Daniels Jewelers and say home run or woo. Daniels Jewelers <laughs> making diamond dreams come true since 1948. What are you getting me, Sparky? Oh, one that's you? down. A charm bracelet. But a charm bracelet. <laughs> I had one of those when I was five, so I think yeah. it's, it's time to bring that back. I think that's right up my alley. Absolutely. They have friendship rings, promise rings there. Oh, my goodness. Daniels Jewelers. People still do that? No. 1-1, one, one, that's low, and Wallach has it go off his glove and skip to the backstop. Two and one the count now to Robinson Chirinos. So two years ago, the team was fueled by their offense, right? Their long, lengthy lineup. Last year, they were fueled by a great, unbelievable, especially starting rotation, but overall pitching staff. Two once hit back to the screen. I think this year it's going to go back to the lineup. The length of the lineup is going to give other teams fits. Oh, Alex Bregman and Michael Brantley, and I've said it a million times, being in the same lineup, yes. two of the hardest strikeouts in baseball, hitting anywhere near each other in the lineup um, is going to give pitchers fits. So when they signed him, I thought, you know, he, play, he played for the Indians. He's had injury issues the last two years, so he doesn't get a lot of play. Um, he's just not a well-known name in Houston. And I thought, oh, they just signed a great hitter. Great hitter. Great hitter, a great guy. There have been two guys who have had at least three seasons of 50 or more extra base hits and 70 strikeouts or fewer since 2012. Jose Altuve and Michael Brantley. 2-2. Mm. <laughs> two, two. Dribbled softly right in front of the mound. Rommel picks it up on the grass. Jogs part of the way to first and underhands in plenty of time to retire Chirinos and then the inning. But the Astros tie it on Tyler White's two-run home run. 
Allison Footer, MLB.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Woo. We're through five innings in West Palm Beach. Astros six, Marlins six. The Houston Astros Radio Network. That ball is gone. Steve Sparks, Robert Ford. And you can kiss it goodbye. This is the Houston Astros Radio Network.